you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy. He alone is the reason we're here doing this broadcast. He alone is the reason we open his word. And uh, folks, you know, listen, we get to serve God and we get to look at the life of Christ and look at that life of Christ and how we can learn from that and change our lives. So uh, today we're going to be talking about lessons of humility and self-examination. So I'm going to say good morning to Kevin and uh, uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about humility. So good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Dr. Carriger. How's life? Doing great. Oh, yeah. man. Kevin's looking good, folks. Uh, God's been treating him good. He went through the terrible loss of his mom, but knowing his mom's in heaven, and I'm um, finding Kevin in great shape, just serving God and uh, just moving forward. So we thank you for the prayers on that. We're, we're going we're gonna to be game planning over these next week or two. So game plan with us through prayer and join us in that, and uh, we'll talk about that. The Bible, uh, you know, when it's talking about self-examination, uh, when it's talking about humility, uh, we can find so much going on. Humility is hard. It's not natural, folks. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not natural to say, uh, boy, I'm not going to look about taking care of myself. I'm going to worry more about the guy or gal down the road. That's not natural. It's godly. It's a God wink. It's one of those things. And and uh, then examining yourself. You know what we like to do as people? We like to look at the other guy and say, boy, he's messed up. Boy, boy, she's more, she's more messed up than a soup sandwich, you know? And, uh, but the truth is, it's, it's not often that we look at the man in the mirror and uh, we see what the man in the mirror has to say to us. And, and you know, the mirror has really got to be the word of God. Uh, I'm not talking about a, you know, a three foot by eight foot mirror that your wife has set up in, uh, uh, in the powder room or in the bedroom so she can see how her skirt and stuff looks. I'm talking about the mirror of God's word, the ultimate litmus test, the, the thing that tells it all. And, and the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. You're either one way or another. And uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians, it says, but let a man examine himself and, and let him eat of that bread and drink of the cup. We know that's talking about uh, uh, the Lord's Supper of communion. Uh, but it's so important here that we examine ourselves. Let us search ourselves. The Bible tells us in Lamentations, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. When we get away, when we're lamenting, I, I love Lamentations because, you know, Jeremiah is saying, I'm lamenting, I'm messed up, I'm sideways. But let's stop that for a minute and turn our ways back to God. And folks, let's examine ourselves. And we do that every time we read the Bible. And I'll tell you, when you get this right, when you can do some self-examination, the humility shows up, Kevin. Yeah, I was thinking about in the book of Job that um, that God is looking for someone, and I'm not 100% sure I found the scripture yet, but um, it, that God is looking for someone. It might not be in the book of Job, but it says, if anyone say, God's looking down, and he says, I'm looking for the guy, looking for the woman, looking for the child that will say, um, if there be, it's not the scripture that says, see if there be, you know, search me, oh God, know my heart, uh, try me, 
and show me if there's any wicked way in me. But there's another scripture that says, if if I if you show me something, um, I will admit it. I'll change it. That kind of thing. Anyway, you know that which I see not, show thou me. That's 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 where it's in the scripture. If I, that which I see not, show thou me. And I thought it was in the book of Job. But God's looking for that kind of person who will say, you know, the thing that I can't see, the blind spot, if you will, Lord, that's what I need to see. And it takes humility to be willing to admit to a blind spot. I, I talked to, I'm not saying I'm an apex of an example, but this comes to mind. Just yesterday, I was uh, talking to someone and, uh, and they were, you know, they were saying, I, I mentioned this in last week's broadcast, they were saying something to the effect of, uh, you know, I just had a, a traumatizing discussion with someone who was kind of who was just kind of blasting me about something. A friend, good friend of mine, was blasting me about something, kind of micromanaging my life, as friends can sometimes do. And so I went from that discussion immediately. I met someone in a meeting, and they said, "What's wrong with you, man? You know what?" And and so they were like, "I I I notice this about you. I see that you have this." It was a difficult situation to go from being micromanaged to, you know, a little bit of, you know, what's wrong with you? So uh, the point being, I I then, I just thought, Lord, I'm not going to be able to win today, I can tell. So God gave me grace to take the humble road and say, I'm not sure what's wrong with me. Can you tell me what you see? And, uh... And, and the person that I was speaking with answered, oh, you know, maybe I've got to be in my own eye talking about that person was saying, well, whoa, 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 if you're asking me to, to, to show you your blind spot, maybe I have a beam in my eye. What a good answer from that person. They were referring to Jesus' admonition. If, you, if you're looking for someone else's blind spot, first of all, check your blind spot. And the point is, a blind spot, we cannot see ourselves. We need someone to say, see, here is thy blind spot. And in order to be qualified to help someone, you need to have taken out your worst blind spots. Point being that uh, I'm so thankful. I, I just when when my world was going crazy for about ten minutes or fifteen minutes with a little bit of micromanagement and then a little bit of what's wrong with you? I, I uh, thankfully I didn't say nothing's wrong. I'm having a bad day. I was able to, by God's grace, say. I'm not sure. What do you see? Please tell me. Evidently, I have a blind spot. And they were like, whoa, you tell me my blind spot, and I'll tell you your blind spot. It turned out to be a great conversation. And um, boy, you know, being uh, humble and self-examination, Lord, help me to do that because I usually don't do it right, Brother Doug. Yeah, yeah. And and so many of us can say that. I appreciate the humility in that. And, uh, you know, there's so many people out there that are quick to point out our flaws. And you guys know that, right? We, we have people, you know who they are. If you're feeling too good about yourself, there's, there's a couple <laughs> people in your contact list that, that'll take care of that real quick. That'll you know? bring you down a notch. Yeah. Yeah. There's a person or two at church that can set you right in your place. And, uh, uh, 
But I got to tell you something. You know, look what it says over here in James 1, and, and then I'll tell you what I'm going to tell you. For if any man be a hearer of word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in glass. Just look at it in the mirror. He's not a doer. He's, you know, I, I'm a Christian. You know, I've, I've seen the people wearing the cross. I've, I've seen the people with the fish on the back of their car. I've seen the people with the nice Bible covers. I've seen the people who wax eloquently. I had a pastor like that, you know. Uh, he said all the right things, did all the right things, had a hundred kids you know i mean all those types of things check 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 checked every single block but he wasn't a doer and 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 you know what brethren there's been times that i haven't been a doer and you know what are we gonna be you know through self-examination you say man i'm not a doer i'm just not doing what i should be doing and, and through that, when you get to that place, when you stop worrying about checking blocks and you start worrying about crawling at uh, the feet of your Lord and Savior, things change. You know, brethren, when you start examining yourself through the Word of God, when you push these other people aside, oh, my goodness, things change. You know, when you're not all that, I'm telling you, man, something good starts to happen. When you care about people, I found a letter. Uh, boy, if I can find it uh, by tomorrow's broadcast i found five or six ten letters i i used to be the uh chaplain at a christian school in watertown new york my my kids went to a non-denominational christian school very evangelical but they made me the elementary school the whole school chaplain they had chapel every friday and i would go in and preach and i found a stack of letters yesterday and one of the letters said you may not remember this and it was just a week you know <laughs> later i got the letter but you led my grandpa to the lord mm-hmm. our family's completely different and it's only been a week mm-hmm. let me tell you something folks that changes Stuff. everything but you don't get there unless it's self-examination that's what i want to tell you you don't get to the God zone without the self-examination. True. Uh, you don't get to the God zone without realizing that you're nobody. I can remember preaching to those kids in chapel, and the entire school would be down there. There'd be a couple hundred, 300 kids, and they'd all be down there, man, and, and, and we'd just preach the Word of God. And I'd, I'd be so broken going in there. People in the Army would be messing with me, and, and I'd take off on that Friday to go preach chapel, and I'd have lunch with these kids. And I always sat with the kids who were missing half the teeth because they, they were growing in and, and people hugging you. And, folks, self-examination brings humility. You know what? You get to live a pretty cool life when you're living in that zone. Mm-hmm. Everything changes when you realize that we're not much. We're not very much. I'm, I'm writing a sermon right now. I'll tell you about it on the other side of this commercial. But I got to tell you about the guy who carries the bones. I'm all messed up about that this week. But, you know, somebody's got to be a bone carrier. But uh, <laughs> hang on. I'll be right back with you. Return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
just laughing and joking here about Joseph's bones. And we'll have to talk about that sometimes during a broadcast. But somebody had to carry the bones. God said, you got to carry his bones. And can you imagine being that person? I remember when I was in the Army that every squad when you were lower ranking, so like E1 through E4, you're lower ranking. You're the bottom. And uh, and you're a private or a specialist. And uh, But uh, I can tell you, during those ranks, there's wonderful times you get to serve your country. It's great. Uh, but I remember one of the jobs we had to do is carry a 50 caliber machine gun, which is a crew-mounted weapon. So we as engineers had 50 caliber machine guns. So the guy next to you would carry the tripod. Uh, you'd carry the 50 caliber machine gun. Uh, the guy next to him would carry bullets. The guy next to him, half the squad was carrying something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, boy, you'd have to put all that together. And it was miserable when you'd wake up and that sergeant would look at you and say, Carragher, you got the bullets today. And let me tell you, man, <laughs> those bullets were heavier than you could ever imagine. But somebody had to carry them. We find ourselves over in the book of John going on with the life of Christ, chapter 18, verse number 25 through 27. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Then said, therefore, unto him, art thou? Also, one of his disciples, he denied it. And he said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saying, <laughs> Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Aren't you the dude who took my ear pod holder off? <laughs> and Peter denied him again, and immediately the cock crew. So you see in, in other uh, gospel accounts and uh, that, you know, that Jesus had healed the ear and, and that Peter was told, you'll deny me three times. Oh, you'll deny me. Yeah, three times for the cock crows three times. You'll deny me. And he did. And Peter's denials, isn't that something? Uh, so the Lord tells him, you're going to deny me three times. And we see that over in John 13, 38. Again, there's peer pressure going on. Peter's denying him because of peer pressure. And and folks, don't let peer pressure stand in the way of your walk and relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do not let peer pressure take the place of God in your life. Just don't do it. Because you know what we do? We avoid, we think we're avoiding these potential consequences. We think, well, if I do this, if I say this, if I point to stop the ifs, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, uh, you know, listen, man, you've got an opportunity here to do the right thing. And, you know, there's a personal weakness that, that we all have in our life. And, 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 and folks, you know, when we're weak, God's strong. I don't know what that weakness is in your life, but I know I've denied God. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to treat this any other way. I've lied. I'm not going to treat it any other way. I've done things. And, but, man, when you can get redeemed from that, when you can examine yourself and say, Father, I messed up. Mm-hmm. I goofed up. Will you forgive me? You know what he does? He forgives you. (laughs) That's the God we serve. Yeah. He just forgives you. You know, he's not mad. You don't have to have a history lesson. That's why I'm sick of people giving me history lessons on their life. You know why I messed up, Doug, and they gave me the history lesson? I'll listen to it once. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it anymore. We serve a big, big, giant God, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Trying to help people that aren't looking at the big God. They're looking at their own problems they're they're just you know they're not going to get help but um wow you know just reading the scriptures excuse me i'm thinking that peter is in the worst of circumstances of his life 
why is Peter suddenly finding himself? And we like to, 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 I think, not decode this correctly. We say, well, Peter was, you know, he was a little bit fearful, so he's following a bit far off. And because he was following Jesus a bit far off, that's why he went through this terrible, terrible, terrible situation because he, you know, he was on the fence. And, and that is true. But really, he was going through this because Peter needed to lose Peter. Peter was a proud person. Peter was someone that had chinks in the armor, and he was not going to see them. He was bound and determined to let Peter have his way in the name of God. Lord, I will, you know, I want to sit by you in the kingdom. Lord, I'll cut off the ears. I'm going to do all these kind of bad <clears throat> excuse me. I'm, it's okay to get in the flesh. He he justified bad stuff. He he took up the arm of the flesh and and Peter had to come to the end of Peter, and God used his timidity in this time and the fearfulness. But think about it. This was the perfect storm. Things had gone so south so quickly with Jesus Christ. Peter had to be blindsided. It was multiple traumas. It was kind of that conversation I talked about that I went through uh, yesterday where, you know, you go from micromanagement, which is very painful, and someone, you know, say, you know, this is, do this, do this, do this, do this. And by the way, do this, do this. And when you're doing that, you better do this. And then you just show up at a conversation to meet someone else, and they're like, boy, you're freaking out. What's wrong with you? But, um, But God allowed Peter to get stacked up with criticism and an expose of the chinks in his armor, and it got so bad <laughs> that a kinsman of the de-eared guy whose ear- AirPods laying on the ground back there, his kinsman, I mean, blood is water, the kinsman is saying, aren't you one of the... Hey, you're the guy with the sword. I mean, it didn't come out of the base. Did I see you in the garden with him? Yeah. And Peter then, he was forced in his own mind by his own impetuous nature. Jesus knew of his impetuous nature. Jesus knew his response would be denial. That's why he said, I'm telling you, Peter, you're going to deny me. Never. Jesus knew that this would stack up so heavily that he would have to fail. And when you've come to the end of yourself, Peter, I want to use you. Jeremiah 18 is that, great scripture that says the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. And so the potter made it another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. We have to be broken. Peter had, the old Peter had to be destroyed. And when thou art converted, strengthen, or um, yeah, strengthen thy brother. And I think is how he said it, but <laughs> Doug, I look back at some of the stuff that I've been through, and I think Jesus had to put me through the cock crowing. And it's yeah, like, I, 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 I talked to you about some stuff, Kevin. I've talked to you about those things. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I, I repent. I go to the altar. Yeah, I've talked to you about those things. Okay. Wham, wham, wham. Stack, stack, stack until we break under the load. And then Jesus said, okay. Let's let's get usable now in, in oh, redemption. Man, I, in. yeah, I was a knucklehead growing up, and I remember that. I well, I'm sad. I'm I'm just going to tell you guys the way it was. I was in high school, and you know, football season ended, and the girl that I was going to love for the rest of my life broke up with me. You know, your typical high school sophomore type of stuff. You know, and uh, 
I remember I was at high school and I was acting up and this one kid twisted my nipular region and I beat the snot out and banged his head up against the wall. So I got suspended for a day or two. Then about a week later, yeah, you don't twist somebody's uh, (laughs) anatomy. But uh, about a day or two, this is the same guy at graduation when he received his diploma, he pulled up his thing and he had no britches on. He bent over and showed everybody his backside. But anyway, he was a knucklehead. But but, anyway... A textbook knucklehead. Yeah, you look up knucklehead, his pictures there. And he, he joined the Marines. But anyway, this is what I got to tell you. I got in trouble again. About a week later, I, I got caught smoking pot. And I remember they held me in the office. I was defiant. And I, the principal was really all over me. And my mother showed up. And the principal brought my mother and I in there. And he he just tore me up. And I remember we got in the car. And I can still remember that old station wagon, that old Valari. And I remember we were driving down the road. My mother just started crying terribly. Mm-hmm. And all she could do was look at me and say, I love you. I love you. She didn't say why. She, she didn't. And I looked at her about 20 minutes of the drive home. We pulled in the driveway. And I looked at her and I said, Mom, never again. You will never be called to that principal's office again if I have anything to say about it. And she never was. <laughs> You need God, folks. You need to let God in, so never again. I'm, I'm not going to be with the wrong people again. I'm not going to pick the wrong people again. I'm not going to do this. Never again. Make today about never again. We sure do love you, folks. Can't wait till tomorrow as we continue this on. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.